the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, claims of the paranormal. No way. We take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And we're back at Conscious Life Expo. Yeah. Um, but also, I got married this weekend. Yay! Yay! That was exciting! Yay! Yay you're Thanks married for now. being in it. You know, if you enjoyed having a single person on this podcast, those days are over. <laughs> I don't know if you were holding out hope. <laughs> Dash those hopes aside. Oh, for me to marry all of those people? Yes. Okay, great. Because, you know, I've been married all along. Sure, yeah, that's true. I am still a Mormon. Mm. I am also a woman, and I'm more the mainstream Mormon church. If I'm a member (laughs) at all, it's of the mainstream Mormon church. Okay. Also, I joined it for a podcast. So there we go, everybody. You can still (laughs) hope that Carrie might be plural married to you. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. But the reason we're back at the Conscious Life Expo is because we are back to see someone I was so excited to see. Okay, you were excited. I didn't know what I had in store. Okay. And now I realize I should have been excited. (laughs) This was the last talk that we attended of the conference, and we attended it together. Yes. So you get to hear our parallax perceptions from from right next to each other on one of the back rows in the La Jolla Ballroom on Sunday evening. But before we get into all that... yeah. You know what else is going on right now. It's Max Fun Drive. Mm-hmm. Max Fun Drive. Ross is putting on his shades. There they go. You're joining us during the most exciting part of the year. <laughs> this is Max Fun Drive. This is ridiculous to look at. <laughs> Ross is wearing the sunglasses and they say Max Fun Drive across his face. And they're hard to see out of because it's like a <laughs> grill in front of your face. And we're inside. But it works. I can still see the outline of Carrie. <laughs> and. This is the time of year that you can join Max Fun or boost your membership or upgrade to a new level of membership, support us and the other shows you listen to, mm-hmm. and make all of this possible. This podcast, the things that we do, we visit channelers, we get our blood drawn and analyzed, you know, all these things that we do. Yep, yep, we meet the risen Christ. So we'll be back during this episode to tell you more about what Maximum Fun Drive means, why it's the holiday for the rest of us, and how you can join. (laughs) It's true, but if you're like, I already know, and I'm already convinced, then you can go to MaximumFun.org forward slash join. Please do. Join us right now. do it. But about Bashar. Yeah, so you hadn't heard of Bashar, huh? I hadn't. Apparently, he's been a deal for like 35 years. Yeah, I didn't become aware of him until the last time we went to Conscious Life Expo. And it's Bashar spelled just the way you would imagine. Mm-hmm, the classic way. Like, Actually, I looked it up. It is like a Middle Eastern name or something. Oh, yeah. okay. And just happens to be the name spelled B-A-S-H-A-R mm-hmm. of a channeled entity. A channeled entity who is channeled by... Daryl Anka. Anka. I've only heard that name in one context. Paul Anka. Um, Put your I'm head on my, my shoulder. Oh. <laughs> oh, I was like, where is this going? <laughs> <laughs> so hard to do. Just so hard to manage it, the whole head. 
Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. It's a, it's a good follow-up to our Dr. Nick Delgado investigation. Oh, totally. Yeah, which yeah. involves some expanding of orifices. But, yes. <laughs> so, he's Paul Anka's cousin. His name's Daryl Anka. And I've been looking into him these last few days. So, this is retroactive research we didn't have at the time. But let me tell you about Daryl Anka. Yeah, let's hear about I it. May. And that's D-A-R-R-Y-L. There's many ways to spell Daryl. Mm-hmm. He chose that one. Okay, so he's Paul Anka's cousin, as we said. He's been giving these lessons where he channels some sort of otherworldly being for decades, as you said, like since the early 80s. Wow. And I've heard of many other channelers, but... This one was new to me. Yeah, same. Does he have any other entities or has it been Bashar? It's been Bashar the whole time as far as I could find. That's a committed relationship. (laughs) Yeah, 30 years, man. Give him him a round of applause. Yes, yes. Being together this long, that takes dedication. Okay, so Daryl Anka started out his career as a model designer for various sci-fi projects. He works on Star Trek. Okay. Star Trek II, the movie, Wrath of Khan, Revenge of Khan, Khan Comes Back from the Dead. Wrath of Khan, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, big deal. Is that the one with, no! Khan! It's uh, James T. Kirk yelling that the no is from The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, God. Okay, Khan. Got it. Okay. He worked on that. Yeah. He was building these little models, and he starts to get pretty into UFO stuff as he's doing that and around 1982 he says he had two ufo sightings in broad daylight also the year i was born coincidence (gasps) i think not maybe they were dropping you down Mm -hmm. so the two ufos were triangular in shape okay he either had two witnesses or six witnesses depending on when he told the story two to six witnesses Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) more recently it's two all right i wonder what happened to those four people (laughs) um and around then he started to wonder about other ways to be in contact with alien beings. Also, the year ET came out. You know, it's always Is that true. Yeah, it's always oh, interesting <laughs> to look at the what's in the media, what's fresh in people's minds. Yes, you know, and, and Star Wars is five years old at that point. He worked on Star Trek, so you know, it's yep. just it's interesting to think of kind of the version of aliens that people have in their heads. Yeah, at, at that time, great point, and also so tempting to think of these stories in isolation as if any of us aren't affected by our cultures. Mm. But there you go. So that's when he started to wonder about being in contact with other alien beings. And soon after that, he started seeking out metaphysical topics and he started actually taking a channeling class, apparently. Oh, a class. A class. We need to find a channeling class. Right. It can give you a whole career. Yeah. So in 1986, that appears to be around when he contacted Bashar. Okay. During one of his channeling sessions, he just kind of plunked into this state where he felt like he was in contact with someone from another realm. It was this extraterrestrial named Bashar, and it really shocked him, and at first he wasn't sure if he could believe it, and then he recovered a repressed memory oh wow why is that always part of the story (laughs) i know of having agreed in a prior life to be bashar's channel and it was like that's weird let's not start now but next life oh right good point yeah so he recovered that and he said it was like instantaneous it had all the feel of a memory it had to be real it couldn't possibly have been no other way to picture something and be convinced that it is true right even though memory is an imagination process but anyway which seems like the sort of thing Bashar would say, but we'll get there. (laughs) So in 1986, various newspapers begin to cover him. He comes to their cities to channel Bashar. And in LA, 
where he lived, you know, in the greater LA area, he would channel Bashar in a house on Gaviota Avenue in Encino for $10 at a time. I was able to find that in the LA Times in 1986. $10 at a time? Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is a pretty good price. It was like 25 bucks to see this unknown channeler. Yeah. In, in $20, $22 anyway. So... If you couldn't make it to the house where he was channeling Bashar, that's okay. He was already selling VHS tapes of this for about 20 bucks a VHS in 1986 dollars, wow. which is like yep. 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's one way to bring in the money. I also want to mention that 1986 was the year of Star Trek for The Voyage Home, ah. which is my favorite Star Trek. That's the one where they rescue the whales. Oh, and they, they go back to present Star Trek day. 4 Revenge of the Whales, that's what I used to call it. They go back to San Francisco. So you've seen that one. Yes, I have. Isn't it that a fun one? It was f- fun for the kind of thing it was. Transparent aluminum? Oh, All I right, don't even well. remember that. I just, my ex-boyfriend Craig was like, this is the one I can get you to watch. It's got whales in it. Yeah, it's it got did saving animals as a, yep. as a plot line. It did okay. have whales in it. That, that's the one I would try to show you if I wanted to <laughs> curry Carrie's favor for Star Trek <laughs> yeah, as so a franchise. We would call it Star Trek for Revenge of the Whales. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay, so. I think 1987 was also Flight of the Navigator. Okay, so we got a lot of alien shit going on there. I love Flight of the Navigator. So in 1988, he starts doing channeling a little more broadly around the country. He visits Utah. There's some local newspaper coverage of that. And at the time, he already has Bashar's central principle. So this will be a teaching that is going to follow all the way to 2022. Okay. Which is basically chase whatever makes you excited and driven. That's where all the progress in your life will be made. So find your own excitement. I like it. it. It has the ring of wisdom, but you don't have to provide any of the specifics. That <laughs> yeah. comes from the listener. Yeah. Yeah. I there like you it. go. Yeah. Well done. Workable. Great template for the contemplative. <laughs> and speaking of the greater cultural context, this was the height of a channeling boom in L.A. So... The LA Times reported in 1986 that that this local academic was studying channelers and she had found a spike from two channelers to 1,000 channelers in two years in Los Angeles. Whoa. Okay, what was that explosion from which year to which year? 84 to 86. Wow. Okay, changed the channel. A bunch of I'm still over here tripping balls just thinking about how contemplate means contemplate with a template. Whoa. Meaningless. Move on. (laughs) You know, if you like that, you're going to love a book I just lent you. (laughs) I'm I'm excited about that one. (laughs) Oh, I should also say, randomly in the middle of this episode, for those following along, um, at my wedding, Milo did not come. Oh, that's right. We were going to update on that. And I'd totally forgotten about this. But yeah, one of our psychics predicted that Carrie's terrible acts would show up at the wedding. And I totally forgot to look for that or expect that. But you're right. He did not show up. Nope, he did not. So there you go. When prophecy fails. Okay. So around this same time, right around 1986 to 1988, Daryl Anka placed an ad in the LA Times looking for an investor for a new futuristic theme park That would be the next Disneyland. Okay, big goals. Yeah, big goals. This is the last I saw of it in any newspaper. I don't think he found the investor. All right. Then in 1992, he placed an ad in the LA Times looking for an investor for a UFO slash political thriller film and said he needed $20 million. He's a guy with big ideas. Yeah. He's an ideas man. He is. 
Let's skip ahead to 2014. Okay. So he's doing off and on work that you can find on IMDb, you know, so TV and small film work and stuff like that. In 2014, he's listed as an executive producer for a documentary called UFOs, Insights from the Source. And he's the main subject of it. It's 20 minutes long. It appears like maybe it's a proof of concept that they're trying to sell uh, Mm. to an investor and make a bigger movie. Mm. But he's kind of the star of it. So you can see him channeling Bashar. He's several years younger than now. And I did not notice this when we saw Bashar. But he is going in and out of different accents. Whoa. Interesting. Okay. I was worried I just missed this. No, he was quite consistent when we saw him, and it was really just an accelerated pace version of his regular speaking. Which is like a sort of Long Island accent. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. So, although I'm very bad at accents, so I, I was Long just going to say, I'll, just going to say, I'll defer to you on that. Okay, so. I'm not sure, but uh, we'll, we'll play some audio for you folks. So you can make your own decision. Yes, and remember again, because the original definition of karma is action, which happens in the moment. Then, in a sense, karma is synonymous with free will. You are making the free will choice to take the actions necessary to maintain balance in your life. That's what karma is. But I'll say this, in the 2004 video, I'm definitely confident he is switching accents. I'm pretty sure I got Scottish, then Long Island, then Irish. All for Bashar? So I think it's supposed to be some sort of statement on like him trying to communicate with us and maybe like adopting different ways of speaking. As he's being channeled, he keeps switching frequencies or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. For you Scottish, I'm going to speak in a brogue for... The next 30 seconds. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Weird. Uh, okay. Unless I'm just totally out to lunch on this. But in the video, it is not explained why he's doing this. So it's really distracting. Okay. And then in 1999, he first filed for the business he calls Bashar Communications. And that's what all of the copyrights are under. Any of Bashar's channelings, any of his teachings are under Bashar Communications. Mm, I wonder how Bashar the entity would feel about <laughs> him copywriting. Guess he feels great about it. The, uh, he would know. Okay. Dark, do you talk to Bashar? I don't. <laughs> See? Fair. Okay. See? It's who, a closed system. <laughs> who am I to know the ways of Bashar? All right. <laughs> but as you yeah. hear the answers that we're going to share, just think how Bashar would answer a question about copyright and wanting to hold on to mm-hmm. rights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you do pay to access most of Bashar's materials these days. For example, I watched a video that was 20 bucks for me to download. It was his channeling session from early COVID. It was two hours worth it. But like, uh, I don't know, it's the sort of thing you would probably put on your YouTube under other circumstances. Sure. How much did you pay for it? 20 bucks. Wow. For a digital download. All right. Well, at least he hasn't changed his prices since the 80s. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. It's gone way down. (laughs) Okay. So who is Bashar, though? Yeah, who is Bashar? Who is Bashar? Why why should should I I believe him? Exactly. (laughs) Okay. So Bashar is the entity that Daryl Anka channels. And he is an extraterrestrial. He lives on a spaceship 7,000 Earth miles above Sedona, Arizona. Mm -hmm. He lives in the future or what we perceive as the future. And I'm guessing this is just a spaceship that we can't see. Because that's very specific. 700 miles over Sedona, Uh, presumably it's been... 7,000 Earth miles. Okay. All right. Fair. Um, Harder to see. (laughs) He's from a world called the... Uh, Sasani, which follows the prime directive, 
So they can't interfere with our worlds, but they can provide education. Okay. I like when I Google Bashar. Sure enough, the non-physical being who speaks through channel Daryl Anka <laughs> is the first link that shows up, Bashar.org. But often a sidebar to the right, it reminds me that there is a Bashar al-Assad who is the president of Syria. So the Assassani follow the prime directive, which I think is very funny because he worked on Star Trek. Right, that he would use that concept of the prime directive, which is to observe but uh, not influence the course of events of another culture. Though they are allowed to educate us. That's the only thing they're allowed to do. Okay. Very convenient. So their society is called the Sethani, or Place of Living Light. Okay. And this would really please Linda Moulton Howe. We get a physical description of Bashar. He's about five feet tall. He has white gray skin. Hmm. There are no hair on the males of his species. There are hair on most females. It's usually white hair. Their eyes are larger than human eyes. And they are a hybrid being composed of Earth-human genetic stock and genetic stock of those beings you have referred to as the greys. Okay, so humans plus greys equals whatever this race equals is. the Essasani. The Essasani. Mm-hmm. Okay, which also sounds like a refreshing drink. <laughs> and their world is much like Earth. It's the third from its central star. Mm-hmm. That star is called the Shaw. It has a slightly hotter spectrum, so it's slightly more green, that star. Is it within our Milky Way galaxy? Can you point us to mm-hmm. it? I know that it's. we're supposed to look toward Orion. Okay. But I don't know how far toward. All right. And their world doesn't have seasons like ours because the axle tilt is not as great. So it's very comfortable all the time. Oh, okay. They have more oxygen. They have more water. We would probably feel dizzy on their planet. I assume that means it spins fast. Or Um, that the increased oxygen somehow mm, makes one dizzy. Yeah, okay. It's a smaller planet. It has slightly less gravity than ours. And they communicate with many worlds, not just Earth. They have channels all over, but here on Earth, our channel is, of course, Daralanka. Sure. Okay, so you may be thinking sure that I believe all of that. Okay. I mean, you might be, no, you, you might be thinking, I do believe all of that. But if you're thinking, I'm not sure I do believe all of that, that's okay. He says that you do not have to believe that the channeling is real. Phew. It could be happening in Daryl's own consciousness. It doesn't matter. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> quite the golden ticket he's found. Right? I was like, oh, it matters to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After all those Highly specific specifics about your planet and your hybrid creatures. Yeah. Okay. But they said channeling is a different state of consciousness. You can see that on a brain scan, which, of course, is true. Like, if you put people into those sort of theta wave states, they look really different. Sure. Okay. Jen Bird, who's a blogger for Skeptoid, run by your friend Brian Dunning. Yeah. She wrote up something about Daryl Enka and Bashar several years ago, 2014, and was calling out various places where Bashar had given pseudoscientific medical advice and said some, you know, potentially dangerous things. Mm. Since then, every hyperlinked video in the Skeptoid article is gone. Aha. So they had an effect because you may notice this. He now just refuses to give medical advice. Yes, vehemently. Yeah. But I have to give it to Jen Bird. There you go. Well done. That's the power of reporting on something like this. Yeah. Okay, finally, he has this very basic theology that's really central to his teachings. 
He promotes a four-item formula for achieving abundance, support, information, and drive toward goals. Those all sound like good things. Yeah, he references it a lot, and it seems like it's become something close to sort of their holy text. Like, he'll just be like, Mm. well, have you even read the formula? Wow, okay. It was copyrighted by Daryl in 2015. If the word manifest is not somewhere in it, I will (laughs) eat my pinky. Oh, wow. Are you sure? No. Search. Those are idle words. Search. It's not in there. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I think. Let me make sure that the... Oh, never mind. The search functionality is not working. So maybe it's there. Oh, here I was chewing on my pinky for nothing. Oh, no. Okay, so there's four steps to the formula. I won't read you all of the minutiae underneath each step, but the four steps are take action on the opportunity that contains the highest excitement, act on that excitement to the best of your ability, act on that excitement with absolute zero insistence or assumption with respect to a specific outcome. Not the clearest way to say that, but okay. And... I think I said it was four parts, but it's three, so that's the end. So I'm going to let my voice go down. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's really into the law of attraction. So I expected just sort of a restatement of the law of attraction, which that kind of was. I mean, there's nothing too objectionable there. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, we'll see it actually play out. You know, sometimes we can say these things that sound so benign and then. Was that all of the text? Or is there? No, no. Okay. Like I say, I skipped sort of the minutia of like how uh, you do each of those the, things. The categories. But I'll show you it. It's a page. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Like if you go to the trouble of copywriting it, I figured it was at least as long as the way to happiness or something. Oh, right. No. Okay. Not really. Never mind. Maybe. I don't know. I've never seen that in anything but a little booklet where there's lots of pictures. Oh, that's a good point. They take a, a little bit of text and stretch it out over multiple yeah. pages. Ah, there it is. Manifest and manifestation twice. Well, when I knew that we were going to go see Bashar, I was like, I want to see what he was saying at the beginning of COVID because he claims to sort of be in contact with someone from the future. Okay. Right? Like, what were you saying right then Mm -hmm. in like March 2020 or whatever? Sure. Yeah. Seems like such an easy little test to run. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he did release a video called The Eye of the Needle in... April 2020. April 2020. Okay, so the pandemic had begun, but did he see how long it would go? Good question, Ross. So in The Eye of the Needle, he does his standard format, which is basically Daryl comes out, sits silently in front of you until he channels Bashar, and we'll tell the listeners more about that when we see it live. And he talks for maybe 45 minutes, and then he does what we might call a sot song in other religious groups. So basically, your followers have a chance to ask you questions, Mm, and mm -hmm. you give off-the-cuff wise answers. Yeah. Most of his videos seem to be in that format, and you'll see some people recur, including our buddy Alan Steinfeld. Wow. Yeah. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. I'm starting to think like, oh, he's an interesting character to watch things. He's kind of a blogger type of that micro world. And mm-hmm. he's, you can watch him kind of working to synthesize things that don't make sense together. And I wonder what his arc will be. Yeah, I feel like he serves quite the organizing role within the community. Okay, so... He starts out by being like, hey, listen, in 2016, you'll remember I said that November 2016 was going to be crazy. And it was. And everything was going to change in November 2016. And I couldn't tell you how, but now you can see that that's true. 
And this guy's American, so of course he's referring to the election Amer- of Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. Right. But looking back to November 2016, I'm thinking how easy it would be to be like, everything's about to change when you also think there's about to be the first woman president. Yep. You could have said it was all correct then mm-hmm. as well. You just get to sit there and watch it play out and see if you got a hit and make it into one. So he talks about that for a while. He talks about COVID itself and what the message of COVID is. So basically, we are all in dual realities. Some of us have reached this pinnacle, truthier reality where COVID doesn't exist. And some people are still in the reality where it does. Okay. And because of overlapping universes, we're all sort of meeting in the middle and occasionally running into people for whom COVID is real and then running to people for whom COVID is not real. And you just need to get to the place where you are not in the reality where COVID's real. Yeah, this is really interesting and will come up many times in his responses in the session we attended but he believes in this kind of choose-your-own-adventure reality mm-hmm. where because of the multiple-universe hypothesis, he's putting a lot of weight on that, where you choose your reality sort of in this law of attraction sort of way, mm-hmm. and then based on your own perception and choice, you end up in the universe of your choosing, and other people come along with you, and others drift away. Yeah, very strange. And then it was also confusing because... He kept giving a non-metaphysical explanation for how COVID happened as well. Oh, okay. And I don't know that I even buy the explanation, but it's certainly at least like a naturalistic one. So, Oh, but not the standard right. physical one. Okay. So it's that we have always had viruses. Correct. They need hosts to survive. Also correct. Humans have killed so many organisms. And made so many species go extinct that the viruses had to turn to us for hosts because they ran out of non-human hosts. They've jumped ship to survive. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I don't feel particularly necessary as an explanation, but okay. I also wondered if he meant species or individuals because I doubt there are fewer individuals I feel humans. like it's someone with half knowledge just making a little too much hay mm-hmm. with what little they understand but okay yeah but when I heard this I was like oh when we see him I want to ask him like is it individuals or species because mm. if it's species it kind of makes sense if it's individuals it's like we're factory farming up the wazoo it's, <laughs> there's no way there are fewer individuals mm. so that wake up call to us to be nicer to mother earth But how can that also be true with the choose-your-own-reality hypothesis? I'm sure he would gladly sidebar on, ah, but we must create the reality Mm. in which the environment is thriving, and that's how we create it. Right. Anywhere you try to pin him down, I'm sure he loops around the world and comes back on the other side and kicks you in the butt. Just, you could also then be like, well, I create a reality in which this turkey sandwich I'm eating isn't a turkey. Yeah, I feel like I detected a few inconsistencies in some of the things he said, but I feel he is very facile at working with the system he's created mm-hmm. to give you an answer to anything very quickly mm-hmm. and restate Decisively. it. Decisively. Restate it four times in mm-hmm. rapid succession just to fill time as far as I can tell. And he says everything very quickly and with much certainty. And punctuation yes. of... Phrasing. Very staccato. Okay, so this time period that we're experiencing is called the eye of the needle. It's the eye of the needle, (laughs) that's all I can think of. And eye of the needle time periods happen to every planet. Is this a reference at all to the biblical eye of the needle? I guess not. Kind of. So it's weird. He clearly means eye of the storm. 
Every time oh. he references it, he's like, that's where things are quiet but powerful. I'm like, uh, you're talking about a storm, dude. Yeah, I have the needle. It's like, you know, an opportunity for precision where you're trying to like craft something that will just barely fit into yeah. uh, the eye of a needle. Yeah. Interesting. But sometimes he works in that sort of notion, but more often he seems to be talking about a cyclone. But it's not the eye of the tiger. That's no. different. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And once we pass through this eye of the needle, whatever that looks like, getting to that higher vibration, that's when our alien visitors are finally going to come visit us. Finally. Finally. Which is interesting because in 1986, he was saying that they would come in about eight years. Which would have been 1994. Did not happen then. They didn't do it. Okay. So there's five things that we need to accomplish during COVID. Okay. And then it'll be over. You ready? First step. Forgive everyone who's transgressed against you. Yep. Okay. All right. Step two. Do you want to guess? Well, geez, that was out of left field. <laughs> uh, okay. Forgive everyone. How do you? Okay. We want to get COVID to be over. Believing yourself. Good. Forgiving yourself. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. You're getting good at it. Okay. Step three for curing COVID. Go ahead. Oh, goodness. Be aware of your true intentions. God, that's so true. (laughs) Step three is to begin to allow yourself to then truly no longer inform yourself from your past self. All right. Okay. It's all well and good, I guess. You can learn lessons from the past, but no longer wallow. Okay, step four for curing COVID. Ah, yes, the past can hurt. Mm, what is that? Rafiki. Oh, Lion King, yeah. Which actually did happen in 1994. Okay, step four for getting rid of the COVID pandemic. What oh, do you think? Goodness. So we've got forgive others, forgive yourself, don't inform yourself from the past. Shine the light of inner wisdom on the world around you. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> See, I can do it too. <laughs> step four. Begin then to inform yourself, not from the past, but from your future self. It is calling you on the other side of the eye of the needle. Heed the call. Move forward in the way your future self would imagine. Visualize that future version of you and behave, feel, and think as that future self. Again, not the cleanest way to say that, but okay. Past self, divorce yourself from that, but future self, embrace it and envision where it should be. Okay. Exactly. And here he reminds us twice to read the formula. So, Oh, okay. It's really important. And number five, do you want to guess what the fifth step for getting rid of COVID is? Be open to divine wisdom. For some reason, I felt like you were going to get it, but it's allow yourself to be fully in the present. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then COVID will go away. Now, I wonder how this works. So I'm just going to push aside for a moment the possibility that he's talking to an extra dimensional being. Mm. We'll just stick a pin in that. Maybe that's the case. Mm -hmm. But if that's not the case, I wonder if he plans these things out in advance and kind of follows an outline he's given himself or if he just comes up with it in the moment he's like yeah that's good oh yeah i would guess the latter me too yeah i feel like there's some sort of dissociative loopy state going on here okay so then he does his q a and a lot of the questions are just basically like so is this what you meant when you said 2020 (laughs) would be crazy did you mean this and he's like "Mm -hmm." mm-hmm they're like why didn't you say anything he's like well i don't want you to panic yeah this will be very interesting when he makes a specific statement later during our Event. Oh, okay, good. Okay, you've more recently reviewed that, so I'm yeah. interested to hear. 
And then people are asking him, you know, and, and remember, this is like early 2020. People are really scared. So they're saying like, what should we be doing? You know, people are talking about vaccinations, but some of us are scared of that. And, mm. you know, what's the solution? And he's like, I can't tell you which way to go on that. You have to leave that up to you and your choices. Mm -hmm. uh, but <laughs> it is true that there are some things you could do to just be healthier, like reduce your fear-based belief systems, lower your stress, have more positive energy. And this will all be over in, do you want to guess? Ooh, he, he says a date? Roughly. He says, a, amount he says of time? a certain amount of time from that moment. Yeah. I'll say one year. Seven months. Wow. So Wrong. That, that would have been November 2020. mundo. Super incorrect. Yeah. Not even one you could really talk yourself around. I'm sure he'd find a way. Yeah. But not one you could convince. Not as incorrect around. as Donald Trump was, but still very incorrect. Oh, right, right. Yeah. It'll be gone by April. Yeah. God. There is a part where I think he's basically telling them not to wear masks. He says, this is the opportunity to practice knowing how to live in the reality you prefer through the actions that you take that would be representative of the actions you would be taking if you already lived in that reality. <laughs> Which in this context feels to be like you're saying don't wear a mask. Yeah, but what a speech pattern too. It's just... <laughs> yeah. Such a word soup. Yeah, definitely. It's a thick and creamy soup. We learn in this that Bashar has a father who has, like, passed messages through Bashar through Daryl. Oh. The father predicted a terrorist attack on a global level in, like, 2016. And, of course, that didn't happen. Huh. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and I guess he also predicted an economic collapse after that. So someone asked a question about that bravely. Yeah. And yeah. Bashar goes... It is somewhat connected, but again, we will not make predictions at this time. Ah, okay. Great. So when the predictions pan out, he's got a way to accept them. And when they don't, he's got a way to ignore them. I learned from this and some other things that central to his teaching is this concept of hybrid children. Did he talk about that? Yep. At the okay. It comes up. Okay. I saved this one for you, Ross, because I'm hoping you have some idea whether okay. this is anything close to reality. Okay. Maybe it's total reality. I have no idea. So someone asked him a question about space time. Mm -hmm. And here's how he responded. You have a 100% space time. If you are not moving very much in space, then most of that 100% is experienced as time. But if you're moving through more space, then less of that 100% experience is experienced as time. You can only have the 100%. So if you're moving through space at 50% of the capacity, then you only experience 50% of the time. And if you're moving at 99% of the capacity of space, you only experience 1% of the time. You can't experience more than 100% total of space or time. I think this is another instance of him having kind of a half understanding mm. of relativity and trying okay. to make some broad sounding claims about yeah i don't think there's any useful way to parse what he just said there okay it's one of those quantum mechanics says dot 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 yeah i mean you have space and time are connected and mm -hmm. if you travel extremely fast then yes you'll have like a little pocket of time dilation essentially oh i see, I see. And, and i think he's locking onto that and making big uh, hay out of it uh. not in any useful way Got it. Okay. I remember a, a pastor of mine, a good friend. I, I won't call that person out, but I remember them saying, we learned from science that you can't know where something is and the direction it's moving. So like if you see a car, hmm. you can see where it's going, but you can't know how fast it's going. 
no, that's not not true in our macro world of objects. You could yes, you can know exactly where the car is going and how fast it's going. But you know, you lock on to one principle. <laughs> You try to apply it oh, outside so of the okay. right domain. I, yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. Bashar is doing something like like that I'm there. Just picturing someone like running at your bastard and being like, I don't know. I would move, but who knows? Are they coming faster? Are they coming close? And he never knew what hit him. <laughs> That's really cute. And I'm sure I've done a version of that. Sure. So Bashar slash Daryl seems so relieved to get this question that's not about COVID. But immediately following that, people start asking about COVID again because it's April 2020. Sure. So they start asking like, well, so the extraterrestrial beings who were supposed to be in contact by now, are they going to help us through this? Yeah. Because they're more advanced. Yeah. Well, it's not 1994 anymore. Where are they? <laughs> right. So he gets really testy and he's like, we are giving all of the assistance that we can. The rest is up to you. And no one needs to ask for more assistance from me. Oh, wow. The, these uh, <laughs> aliens are feeling pretty harried. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So then Cut cut them some slack. (laughs) So then Alan Steinfeld asks him, like, makes him get specific. I loved this. He goes, Mm. well, okay, then can you describe the assistance that we're getting (laughs) that we appear not to be paying attention to? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Which is what I'd ask. Yeah. Um, Valid question. Yeah. And so he says, well, some of the assistance is in the idea of the adjustment of certain frequencies of energy that exist in the vortices around your planet, and they make it... They make your planet more smooth. Smooth, smooth. <laughs> well, could you make it smoother? <laughs> it's not smooth enough. I feel like COVID would go away if the planet was just a little smoother. <laughs> you gotta forgive everybody. You gotta smooth the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't on the list. Smoothing out the planet. <laughs> Wow. Oh, my goodness. And again, way too many words in that sentence formation. Yeah. Um, That's great. So then people start asking, like, (laughs) is this a time when their portal to my other self is open? Can people come and visit me who are me and other galaxies? Can we finally meet up? This is something you've promised us for a long time. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, that's in process. Wow. Okay. He's like, get off my case, (laughs) mom and dad. Yeah, stop asking me for a timeline here. I know I'm overdue. It'll be ready when it's ready. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Anyway, you can see why I was delighted to go back to this guy. Yeah. See him in person. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I was totally excited to find out what the big deal was, Mm -hmm. why you were so excited. And clearly when we got there to the La Jolla Ballroom at 6 p.m. on Sunday, clearly other people were equally excited because we've talked about some pretty big names only getting 30, 40 people in the room. Yeah. And in this case, I counted somewhere between 160 to 180 people in the room. I I wrote down 160, yeah. It was packed. Big ballroom, but this time it was filled to the point where you had people standing up in the back, you know, kind of every seat taken. I couldn't get a count of the masks because Mm. there was just so many people. It was was a very small percentage. Yeah, people were super excited for this. Lots of applause. And this wasn't even going to be Daryl Anka and his friend Bashar in In person. person. Right, he was going to show up over video conference. Yeah. Like, okay, but still such a big draw Yes. for this. So they had a large TV up on the podium. They were sorting out tech issues with as they connected with him. But yeah, he wasn't even here in person, again, in a pandemic. I think the selling point was basically that 
we were going to potentially be able to ask him Q and A questions. Yeah, so he'd be interacting with us. At yeah, interactive presentation. And so they took all of our names, we wrote them on slips and put them in a basket. Yeah, little pieces of paper. So we had a Ross slip, we had a Kerry slip. We were really hoping. Mm-hmm. How, you can how... tell what happens by the tone of our voices. <laughs> how old is he? You want to guess? Well, since he's been doing this for so long, I'm going to say he's 67. 70. Oh, okay. Very close. Wow. All right. Well, he's looking good for 70. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised. I would have thought like, yeah, 60 at most. And I don't think at any point during all of this, he even became a Max Fun member. I mean, that's rude. Thank you. Even if it was in the 80s, <laughs> he should have been somehow known that he would uh-huh. become a Max Fun member. He could have post-dated a check. Yeah. You know what? Channel Bashar, who's in the future <laughs> and can tell you about Max Fun. Right. And he'll tell you, you know what? If you really have that kind of foresight, yep, you this would is, know. This is the kind of thing that makes me doubt his story. But you know what? A percentage of our listeners are already Maximum Fun members. So if you're a Max Fun member, you're way ahead of Bashar. Oh my God. You're such a bigger deal. And for the rest of you listening, well, A, Let's go back to the ones who already are. You can upgrade your membership. You Mm -hmm. can boost your membership Mm -hmm. during this time. And all of that will help towards our podcast-specific goals. That's right, which we'll tell you about in a minute. Yeah. Or if you're one of the many other listeners, and we love to have you here, who maybe now you're in a position where you're like, you know what? I could actually support the show. Yeah. This is the time to do it. This is the week. And Max Fund memberships pay for this show. This is how the show gets made. Yes. So, Richard... Stephen, Zachary, Scott, Ian, Ashley, Ian, Hannah. please. Yeah. Oh, Hannah. Most of all, Hannah, come on. Get your ass together. And <laughs> Get join- your ass together. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. join us. Like Carrie said, it does pay for the show. So this is how we do the show. It is an expensive show to make on top of the cost of life and living. Yeah. And so you make this possible. And yeah, sure, you hear us do ads every now and then. But the bulk of our support, almost all of it comes from you, the yep. listener, in a very real way. Yeah, more than 90%. And you're not only helping yourself to hear the show, but many other people who either can't afford to support or who just need the show to be out there. You're helping make it happen. And that is why we ask in unison, will will you please please join join us as as a a member? member? Oh, my God, Ross. Much better this time. Yeah, well done. So good. And (laughs) I'm sure everyone listening to that is just overwhelmed now. How do they do it? They go to MaximumFun.org forward slash join. <laughs> I was going to say that gave me chills, but I lost the chills at the forward <laughs> slash. The forward. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, you can join, upgrade, or boost your membership, or you can buy a gift membership for a friend or for an anonymous Max Funster, like you are just a scholarship giver. Yeah, maybe you're just a gentleman and a scholar. Mm-hmm. Or the equivalent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you show it. You can support an anonymous other listener mm-hmm. to Max Fund to have access to the bonus content. Or, yeah, you can pick a friend and be like, hey, I know you enjoy these shows. Yeah. Here's a little gift and for I you. I got five bucks a month for you. And all memberships at $5 a month or more get bonus content access. And there's so much bonus content. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. It would take you weeks to get through all that bonus content. 
oh yeah even if you did nothing else is yep. and just for our show there's a ton of bonus content yep we talked about it on our previous episode but we've got commentary tracks we've got additional interviews we've mm-hmm. got behind the scenes stuff we've got a, our firewalking episode yeah oh full additional episodes that's mm-hmm. right where ross burned himself permanently <laughs> yeah it lasts for a long time my foot is better now oh good and in our next update episode it took I'll, years. I'll give all the exhausting uh details yeah it took like four years to fix my foot oh my goodness so if you buy a gift membership the recipient gets all that bonus content as well but ross we know what they're all wondering about what are you promising us this time what new stuff can we unlock that's just for Ono oh Ross and Carrie listeners? And how far have we gotten so far? Okay, so I think it's safe to say that we're at 1,400. Oh my gosh. Yeah, amazing. I Doing know. amazing already. The but outpouring still ways of love. To go. Yeah, so there's more goals. So our listeners have already unlocked at 1,000 new upgrading and boosting members me learning any banjo song. Voted on by the listeners. Okay, so we're going to let you know how to vote, but start thinking. What do you mm-hmm. want her to play? We still haven't quite made 1,500. We got more goals. Mm-hmm. Help us hit these goals. Don't you want to see Ross eat an entire jar of Grey Poupon? I know I don't. <laughs> well, I do. Yes. And I'll eat a whole jar of I, ketchup. That's what you want to yeah, see. Yeah, see, now I am a Max Fund member, and I am going to be at least boosting my membership. So I can see you eat a a whole much larger container of ketchup. Yeah, it's interesting. I really feel like eating a small amount of something terrible is about equal to eating a huge amount of something you like. So I feel like we've taken on the very admirable. Toxicity is in the dose. Yeah. Yes, yes. So let's, let's get there. But we also still have a few more goals to hit. At 2,000, yeah, we will start attending events for one of our three most requested investigations. So you don't get all of our emails, but we sure do. Mm-hmm. And I bet you could probably guess, and you're probably going to try what this major investigation would be. It would take a long time. Uh, we've been wanting to do it, but this will get us to prioritize it. We'll start right away. We're going to start attending services or meetings or events. What is it? What is it? I don't even know. And if you try to ask us, we will play ignorant, but it's going to be good. That's right, Emma. And if we get to 2300, yes, we will live stream an episode of Flavor Babies. I think y'all really like Flavor Babies, which mm-hmm. of course we've been doing for many, many yeah, years. Yeah, but this time we'll do a live streaming one so you can see us eat really strange and sometimes disgusting food combinations yeah. and live interact with us. It's time for Flavor Babies. Babies. If we get to 2,300 new upgrading members. Members. See? Yep. It's like one mind. Same wavelength. And at 2,600. This is the goal. You want to get us to 2,600. Yes. That's when we will go on the Goop Cruise. The Goop Cruise. You want us to set sail with Gwyneth Paltrow Mm -hmm. and her, I was going to say cronies. I wonder if she's even going to be on board. I don't know. Yeah, it seems possible she It's going to be Goop compatible. There's going to be all kinds of (laughs) wellness lectures and collaborative yoga. I've got a very fervid imagination of what's going to happen. I think it's going to be wild because it's on international waters. (gasps) 
And I've been working on this project about the love boat where I've had to learn a lot of cruise history. Okay. And boy, do they get away with some shit by being on international waters, oh, especially wow. in the space of like okay. health advice and so on. Okay. Yep. So if you want to get the skinny on what happens mm-hmm. on that goop cruise, mm-hmm. let's get to 2600. 2600. New upgrading, boosting members. members. <laughs> but uh, this will be my first cruise. So, what? I've never been on a cruise before. Holy shit, how exciting. And this will be I your... actually love cruising. Very few people know that about me. This is kind of like the ayahuasca experience. Ross goes straight to the Goop Cruise. <laughs> yeah, and Car- totally. Carrie's already experienced. <laughs> now, normally we do not give away investigations in advance, but I feel like we're a little safe with the Goopers. I feel like even if they know we're coming, it should be okay. But yeah, don't like... Keep it on the down Don't though. tweet at them yeah. and be like, I hope you enjoy having at Carrie Poppy Yes on your Goop Cruise. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Be chill. Be chill. Yeah. This is Don't ruin this. Between us. This is an this, experiment. Exactly. This is an experiment with the can, listeners. Can we trust you all? Yes. Can we trust you, Lisa <laughs> and Stephanie and Patrick? Exactly. We think we Edward, can. Edward, Jordan, <laughs> Stephen, <laughs> Stephen with a PH, Stephen with a V. Can we say uh, our wonderful <laughs> friends at Maximum Fun, specifically Danny Barwella, actually went through and gave us a chart because we asked and they delivered. We got a list of the frequency of names of our Maximum Fun members yes, who listen to who our listen show. Yes, our show specifically. So we're hoping that this is representative of the larger <laughs> sample. So we have a, a doc now of people of names to call out who listen to our show which we couldn't love more yes but that should not bring down the magic for you james but help your name so whatever your name is yeah, you know like represent yeah boost it up the list represent you want their- do you want uh, jason to just fall to the bottom of the list maybe fall off the list is that what you want jason come on nick you can overtake josh and joshua and listen Claire, if you're out there, and not just my best friend Claire, who's probably already a member. You're almost off the list. You are at the dead last (laughs) of this list. I'm not joking. Don't let Claire be forgotten. We only have 18 Claires. Please make it 19. You never know if someone's going to die, if someone's going to not be able to afford their membership next year, and you do not want to fall off. And Colin is on the list and doing fairly well, but I hope after our Colin show... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we should get a real bump. A real spike in call-in members. Anyways, now you know what's going on behind the scenes. So, Taylor, (laughs) (laughs) will you please join us as a member? You can go to MaximumFun.org forward slash join and join us in earnest. Anyway, about Bashar. I don't know if he was up on screen at quite this moment yet, but I'll describe him. So he showed up on this TV with this kind of blue cosmic background, sort of a a nebula or galaxy of some sort against a star background, sort of an indigo color. Ah, yes. Very intense blue with sort of, you know, the gas clouds behind him. Very pretty. Definitely could be someone's computer desktop background. And he himself looks like a white man Mm -hmm. with a shaved bald head, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe just balls, but yeah, no hair, that's for sure. And he's wearing a... Ooh, which is interesting. The Raelians would have been like, oh, he's no channel. He doesn't have hair because hair is our antenna. Yeah, good point. Interesting. And he would say, if that's the truth that you wish to receive, then that (laughs) is the truth that you have chosen. He had a 
Hawaiian shirt on. It was black with white flowers that had yellow centers all over it. And it was kind of framed sort of from his waist. Like you could see a little bit of his upper thighs, but mostly it's just like his torso and head filling up the screen, which made him sort of as large as life at least. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if he had been there, he would have been about the same size. So that's how he appeared. And Carrie was mentioning they took all of our names. So they put him in a big hat or bowl or something. And guess who was hosting? Jimmy Jimmy Church. Church. Yeah, Jimmy Church was building up this whole event. and He is a radio announcer from this world. Yes, that has appeared at many of our previous talks and conferences. So he starts picking out and announcing the names. And as people get their names called, they all file over to the right side of this room. And they're in a queue so that they can come up to the microphone and ask Bashar questions. So they start calling all of these other people who aren't us. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly how many, but it was like, you know, 10 people-ish that they called up. And every now and then they would hit like a name. At one point, Jimmy said, Judith with a Y. And <laughs> like the audience suddenly was playing our role. They all went, what? <laughs> it was just kind of funny. Like, how could that be? <laughs> we don't do that. There was somebody named Sky Ra, only oh, a Conscious yeah. Life Expo. Yeah, definitely. So Daryl shows up on the call and he's referred to as Daryl because he's not yet channeling. He's just he's just a human being like yeah, us. He's normal. Jimmy asked how he's doing. He said, I'm great. I'm great. I hope everyone there is having a good time. It, it sounded like he was almost getting a little Bashar for a second. And then like kind of he'll talk in that very fast, punctuated mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. Sometimes. But the Daryl character, if you will, is a little more subdued. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy had a couple questions for him. First was, well, how do you feel when you make this transition? Yeah. What goes through your mind? Such a good question. And so here's how Daryl describes it. He says, it's an energy surge like falling into a very dynamic daydream Daydream. with images and feelings and concepts coming very quickly in a telepathic sort of way. It all shows up in an instant and then it takes a while to unspool into our language. And it's like standing under a waterfall and you guys are just getting the spray. And mm. everybody laughed at that. Mm-hmm. Daryl says, or and Bashar, says a lot of things for comedic mm-hmm. effect. And so the audience will regularly kind of burst into little bits of applause or laughter. Yeah, I think that is one argument for some level of sincerity on Daryl Anka's part, because mm. that does suggest like that theta wave state that you see in meditation oh. and dissociation and yeah if, if sleepiness he's, would be about right if, if he's truly getting into an altered state and this isn't mm-hmm. just performative yeah if i found out that it was just sort of a performance that he can do mm-hmm. i would 100 percent believe that and both can be true like he could have had this once or twice and then turned it into a career right and i mean you know these are states you can some people are very talented at turning on and off right just like some people can speak in tongues at the drop of a hat, whereas others of us have to struggle for hours to get into a sufficient altered state of mind. Mm-hmm. So then Jimmy also asked what it's like coming out of this state and back to Daryl. Daryl said, oh, it's like waking up from a daydream. Again, he says that. Mm-hmm. And it takes me a moment to sort of snap back. But then I'm more energized and often starving. Yeah, really hungry. Well, it makes sense. You know, if yeah. there's, a, I kind of like that and I can understand why he might say that. There's sort of this idea... Like in fiction, that using magic sort of drains you. Otherwise, it would just be too easy to do magic all the time. You have to have some sort of restraint on magic, and usually it's this sort of depletion effect. Yeah, Shakuntali said that too. She could heal all day, but then she couldn't help all these other people. Right, clever, you know, or true. Another physiological explanation, though, could be if you're in that sort of 
altered state, you're not going to be paying attention to a lot of other signals from your body. Mm-hmm. So then when you come back to, it would be believable to me that half the time you're like, oh, I just realized I have a headache. Oh, I just realized mm. I'm hungry. Yeah. But I can also see this sort of building in the audience, this expectation and appreciation of what he's doing. is like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like me running a marathon for oh, you. Exactly. Totally. And then Jimmy gives his own story that he's seen this before. He's witnessed Bashar talk and told a little story about then asking Daryl a question later about something that came up in conversation. And mm-hmm. Daryl says, oh, well, I hardly remember I'm kind of there, yes, and if someone tells me something specific, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that, but so sort of taken over and focused on this that I'm just unaware. I loved these questions from Jimmy because for me, he was focusing on all the right things. What's the experience of this guy Mm -hmm. doing this thing? Absolutely. Yeah. Good job, Jimmy Church. (laughs) Jimmy did ask him who was going to win the Super Bowl, (laughs) Yeah, coming up. So he said... Yes, one of the teams will win. <laughs> and <laughs> that was a, true. Yeah, funny, gets a big laugh, but also I'm thinking like, but seriously, like, has he told you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Relevant question. Okay, but it was time to actually get Bashar in the room. Let's do it. And didn't take him long. Mm-mm. He just kind of went silent for a bit, loudly cleared his throat. Yeah, coughed and, almost. Yeah. And then we were ready for the first person to come forward and ask him a question. And he threw his head back too. It was like the oh. in-breath and everything made him okay. sort of cough to let <clears throat> and come forward. So sort of this carries making this sort of physical paroxysm that lets you know, yeah. okay, I have now been inhabited by Bashar. Exactly. You speak to Bashar. So a woman comes up. She's the first one to be chosen to ask a question. She greets him. Hi, Bashar. And he says, and to you, good day. Please speak up. <laughs> yeah. So Bashar has what you can only describe as fancy voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do have fancy voice. Thank you very much. I appreciate you saying that I have fancy voice. <laughs> He's somehow a cross between like a dandy from an Oscar Wilde's play and like a Long Island Jew from 1986. (laughs) Yeah, as far as I can tell, it's just a very quick and abbreviated version of Daryl Anka. And I Mm -hmm. love that you say he used to try to work in accents into this. Yeah. At least at this performance, he'd given up. Yeah, it seems like it's just his his voice, more or less. So Um, I only transcribed one of his answers in almost you know exact verbiage of what Mm. he said but that would just take forever and so Mm. we'll include a few clips just so you can get a sense of the language and how he answers questions Mm -hmm. we'll kind of sum things up for him later but i think it's important just to kind of hear how he forms these sentences as Bashar. He kind of speaks like the preamble to the Constitution. Mm, yeah. We, to with, I was, for with, shall be the people of the United States. Moreover, yes. I would like that we should now all meet. It's very clear from the delivery that you are supposed to take this as sacrosanct, very important, very final, mm-hmm. very writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. But I think what he'll do is he'll sort of lock onto something that he sort of likes and he'll think of a way. Well, I could also say it this way. So he'll say the mm-hmm. exact same thing maybe three times and invert the sentence, add a few new words. Make it a little crisper, a little more quotable. Yeah, definitely into the quotables here. Like, uh, wait, there's the bumper sticker version I came across that I'm going to say that and end with that. <laughs> yeah. So the woman had asked a question that had to do with shifting your own reality. And I noticed another thing he'll do is he'll hear just enough of the question 
and then you'll get the sense of like, yeah, I'm bored. I don't want to hear you. Oh, yeah. Finish I know where this is going. This. Exactly. And he'll just start talking over the person. And sometimes I'd feel like, oh, yeah, it seems like you did capture the the sense of mm-hmm. what they were going for. Other times it'd be like, I don't think that's where. Well, oh, yep. Totally. Okay. I think he also gets irritated if people ask too much of the same question. But it to me sort of reveals like, a lack of interest in what's going on for people in the moment. Like, mm-hmm. well, maybe you're getting 20 questions about COVID because people are fucking scared of COVID. <laughs> like, maybe stop and comfort them in some way or be somehow responsive to it. And instead, he's just like, this again. Yeah, I, I think maybe that was just a specific instance where he didn't feel command of the answer. Mm, yeah. Like, this is an uncomfortable for, thing for me to speak to. I'm very uncertain myself. Yeah. Let's talk about something I can sound more authoritative on. Yeah, I guess just the shift to most desired reality thing felt similarly mm. like, duh, that's my whole teaching. Why are you asking me oh, this? Yeah, right. Okay, so in response to the woman's question about uh, shifting reality, he said, you never change the world you're on. You change yourself. And that navigates you in the direction of the version of Earth that already coexists that is more reflective of the version that you prefer. But you do this by taking actions that are reflective of the kind of version of Earth that you say you prefer. Because action is the language of physical reality. As long as you are choosing to experience yourself as a physical being, it is the actions and the interactions that make all the difference. And the state of being that you prefer to stay in is what navigates you in that direction. Yes. (laughs) So I I played that over and over again so I could get it almost word for word. Just to give you a sense of how there's like the restatement of the thought and it's just this word salad that's just kind of hits you. Yeah. And all you can take away is sort of an impression more than yes. like an actual actionable nugget. So you need someone like Alan Steinfeld to stand there and go like, hang on, <laughs> let me make you specific about this. So the woman says, well, I think I'm getting better at this. So how do we shift our reality? Which is really, I think, just restating her question. Mm -hmm. So he says, you just have to understand what that belief is saying to you. Pay attention to the stories you're hearing. You'll understand they make no sense. And then they'll be gone. You may have another belief that is the real one for you. So that's where I stopped, like, trying to write everything he was saying. Because he just keeps saying the sort of same thing over and over again. It really feels like legal got to this guy. Like, he wants (laughs) to be like, COVID's not real. Imagine that it's not real and it won't be. But some lawyer was like, you can't say that. At least he listens to the lawyer. Double speak. Maybe. You're right. You're right. But that's really how this all reads to me anyway. So once he gets... To a point where he decides he's done saying the same thing over and over again, he'll say, does that help? And then the person will either say yes or no. And he will he feels like a comedian here, not in the humor sense, but just in like he's ready to do battle with the audience. Mm. Like he's ready to deal with hecklers and he kind of treats mm. even an earnest supplicant as kind of a heckler. Mm. Like, he'll sort of attack them with an energy that sort of has fun at their expense. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a... um ribbing quality. Yeah, uh-huh. where he's always kind of gently making fun of everyone. And I think we've seen this with other gurus. I think it's yeah. just... it's sometimes a t- much worse even. Yes, yeah. right. And so I think it's just a tack that you can take that mm-hmm. kind of, I think, does have a little bit of fun at their expense and mm-hmm. kind of makes you look more sagacious and, mm-hmm. I don't know, witty. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so he asks if that answers her question after she's affirmed that it helps. So this is a separate question. Does that answer your question? She says, I'm going to marinate on it. Ah, that, that means no. That got some laughter from the audience. And <laughs> I feel like I sensed a little tinge of discomfort from him 
whenever one of the question askers won the audience over, got their approval and applause. Anyway, so another problem was he was having a hard time sometimes hearing people over the microphone. And Mm. sometimes even to us, they sound a little muttery. I don't know, maybe it was the transmission. So he'd often ask people to repeat themselves or speak up, please. So that's what happened when she said she was going to marinate on it. Everybody laughed and he said, I'm sorry, speak up. And she said, yes, because it would have taken too long to kind of repeat what she had just said. And so he said, you are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So then she steps down. Next person steps up. Was this the person who had tried ayahuasca? Yes. So this person said, thank you for changing my life. In January 2021, I took ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if you had any thoughts on the legality or illegality of that plant medicine. And Mm -hmm. I should also mention here, I should grind to a stop and say, Ross has taken ayahuasca. It is a hallucinogenic brew from Central America. And you can listen to our Arrhythmia series if you want to hear about it. Yeah, you'll get all the details you wanted and then some. But here in these United States, it's illegal unless you have a religious exemption. Yes. So, which Bashar was very aware of. Mm-hmm. And that's where he went. He said he was going to answer in two ways, but I feel like he just got hung up on the one way. He said, you know, you live in a society where some things are illegal and you've chosen to be in that society. Which I think both of us kind of reacted to like, wait, what? We chose to be in our society. You know, you kind of raised where you are. He has that whole like law of attraction thing Exactly. Going on. Yeah. So yeah, he, I think, could elaborate on that. But we have chosen to live in this society where that has been deemed illegal. If you live in a society where something is not legal, that is not something you are able to do because you have chosen to be in a society that imposes that particular limitation on you of legality. Unless you allow yourself to go to a society or a culture on your planet where it is legal, and that can be following the path of your excitement to do it where it is allowed, the idea is when we say the best you can, we need to have to respect all the agreements you have made, abide by the morality, the ethics, the legalities of the society in which you have chosen to be. And that means that when you come across what appears to be a barrier, it means there is another path for you, an easier path for you. Look for it and find a way in which you can do it without violating the agreements you have made in the society you have chosen to live in. Otherwise, you're actually pushing against something that causes resistance, and that can muddy up your particular path of truth. So go with the flow of where it actually doesn't present any obstacle to what you have agreed to do. Those are the ways to look at the idea of doing it the best you can until you can do it no further. You have to use these tools precisely and you have to honor the agreements you have made for the society in which you have chosen to live so that you do not cause resistance in your own path. Does that make sense to you? Which, of course, we could immediately think of so many unjust laws and all of that. Like, it's such a cop-out. So I feel like he answered in one way. He said he was going to answer in two ways. And he said, does that answer your question? And the guy said, can I ask another question? And then this is classic Bashar. (laughs) He said... (laughs) Classic B. He said... That was a question. Do you have another? Yeah. Uh, clap, 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 uh, clap. Dad Bashar humor. Bashar did it. Uh, oh, hell yeah. I recognize that as another question. Very good. Yeah. Bashar is not funny, but Bashar really thinks he's funny. Yes. He. Well, the audience laughed. I feel like it is someone who wanted to do stand-up class. <laughs> Never got around to it and found 
a place and way to do comedy such that you will be accepted for doing a very poor job of it. It's a real niche, but he found it. He found it. He's in it. Then that guy wanted to ask about the Sedona Vortex. Yeah. So uh, from ayahuasca to Sedona, this is an exciting trip. So Bashar, in his answer, he said vortices. And I remember from when you visited Sedona that you taught me that they say vortexes. Yeah, there they don't like vortices, yeah. But I guess 7,000 miles above Sedona, Ah. vortices is appropriate. Well, that makes sense. So in the energy vortex above Sedona, most of the people there are hybrid people. Mm -hmm. I guess Bashar is. I guess so. But yeah, he was definitely talking about them as alien-human hybrids. So I guess vortices give you a good connection to those and other spiritual entities as well. And then the guy said, I have a last question. And he said, oh, another last question. (laughs) He wanted to get Bashar's take on A Course in Miracles. Right. And Bashar's overall thoughts on other channelers, which I also agree is an interesting question. I might have tried to phrase it in a different way. But he had an interesting way of getting out of this, commenting on Jay-Z Knight, Ramtha, you know, any of these other channelers out there. He said, we cannot endorse a specific source. Here he's using the royal we, as he does often. You have to ask yourself what works for you. Mm. You use what works, and then you leave behind what doesn't. So very non-committal answer that sounds highly specific. Yeah, non-committal is like an interesting through line with Bashar, because for a channeler, I don't know, he's not willing to be specific hardly ever like even when Mm -hmm. people will come up and ask him questions about donald trump or something he'll be like i'm not gonna answer that and i'm just like wow you really don't want to cut anybody out of your potential market is how it feels right right yeah i'm not willing to cut anybody off or i'm guessing criticism probably affects him quite a bit Uh understandable and he just wants to mitigate it however possible because you like you were saying about the skeptoid writer pointing out his videos and those being taken down, and, mm-hmm. you know, and now him refusing to give medical advice sounds like he is reactive mm-hmm. to such inputs. Yeah, yeah I, I think the end result is he sounds incredibly evasive. <laughs> I, I thought through the whole conversation yeah. to the point where I thought, okay, all of you who are obviously big fans, <laughs> yeah. don't you feel a little evaded? Right. He's not really giving you anything meaty. But he does ask you firmly afterwards, did I answer your question? Right. There is that pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Very uncomfortable to be like, well, no. (laughs) Yeah. Very few people can do that. Carrie can do that. (laughs) Sometimes. Other times. No. So this other person came up and again, just to highlight how Bashar gets his little giggles out, his stand up routine, the guy greets him by saying, uh, I have a question for you. And he says, I may have an answer for you. Hey, yeah, that's so fun. Very good. (laughs) So this person was pilot training. Yeah, and afraid to do it, right? Yeah. Bashar immediately wanted to get to the heart of this. Well, what are you actually afraid of? And the guy says, "Uh, I don't know. Bashar says, yes, you do. Uh, Oh, okay. So, so yeah, the guy gives a very specific scenario of like the radio control tower asking me to do something and I don't hear them and I run into whatever. So Bashar summarizes this as a fear of losing control. Mm. And then he immediately takes this to what I thought was an interesting set of observations about like, well, how do you trust the timing of your life? And, And there was a little bit of that law of attraction worked in where, you know, we have keep using that term uh, for those unfamiliar the law of attraction is all Mm. about how our intentions and wishes when projected 
interact with the universe and that the universe kind of bends to our thoughts and assertions and beliefs. Yeah, so when you want something and you put that out there, it draws that thing to you. But then similarly, the dark side of this is when things are going poorly for you, that's because, well, you just didn't put it out there well or you're projecting negativity. So I thought this was interesting. He told the man that you have already chosen when you are going to die Mm. and kind of made it sound like just by your actions, there's going to be a series of actions that will play out and culminate in your eventual death that's already chosen. But it also makes it sound like kind of a metaphysical claim. Yeah, I mean, if he, Daryl and Bashar made an agreement before he came to this earth, it sounds like we're deciding these things in some other... I feel like the way he was phrasing these things, you could kind of play it either way. But yeah, that seems like Mm -hmm. the more consistent message is that, yeah, you really did plan out in advance and maybe you've forgotten. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the message was, well, why worry about when you're going to die? Which is, that's a good message for the most part, as long as you're not doing anything reckless. Yeah. Yeah, by all means live your life and enjoy it. And so that was his advice to this pilot is, well, why not just enjoy your life? And hopefully he doesn't die while flying. That would be sad. Yeah. That guy, everybody now has one more question. And as an audience member who would love to get picked on, it's like, stop asking the extra questions, everybody. So this time he talks about contracting a disease in his body. Yeah, so I guess he had tried to follow Bashar's advice before this. Yes. But that didn't work. (laughs) Yeah, why didn't it work? Oh, well, it may not seem to have worked. Yeah, Bashar says, well, maybe it's working in some other way. Mm -hmm. What have you noticed in life that you would not have noticed otherwise if you didn't have this disease? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes it all worth it. And so the guy says, well, I guess I'll like... It's taught me to focus on positive thoughts. There we go. Yeah, so Bashar gleans onto that. Yeah, yeah, you need to learn to be more positive. And then there's a point where he is almost shouting at this guy to stop judging himself, which felt felt like a judgy presentation. (laughs) Why not allow what you know to be perfectly what you need to know at this time? Why are you judging that you're not good enough, not far enough along? You need to relax into the way your life unfolds instead of assuming and measuring yourself against some sort of ideal you have no business measuring yourself against. But it's also one of Bashar's frequent lines is just like, believe in yourself, don't doubt yourself. What's the purpose of doubting yourself? At one point you said, you are unique, everyone is unique. And of course I was ready to jump up and say, I'm not. (laughs) So that guy asked him like, okay, so the judgment thing, is that why I have this disease? And Ah. he said, yes. And I wrote down, I absolutely gaped at Ross. Mm. And then he'll pick up on these little things. Like he'll say, well, and look at how you're using your own language. Like you say, disease, dis-ease. Mm. Like, oh, wow. Whoa, break apart two words. Root <laughs> words are so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he had some analogy about stepping stones, how you can't move forward if you're busy looking at the stepping stone that you're on kind of thing. So you just have to love yourself unconditionally. And then the guy asked him about his timeline and Bashar this is interesting he said we don't do predictions because things are always in flux yeah so is he giving up on predictions because people pointed out that he'd gotten some wrong and yeah he's uncomfortable making bad predictions right it's especially interesting because in two questions someone will ask about predictions for next year and I'll give some (laughs) yeah but we don't do predictions that we're not comfortable with yeah 
We'll say when and how we predict. So, you know, the guy seems content enough, but I would have felt very ill-served as that particular question asker. Absolutely. The next person had a question for a friend, probably was for a friend, about self-healing. So Bashar talks about raising your own frequency. So that's another common piece of language attached to sort of this law of attraction mindset. And your vibratory level will be commensurate with receiving new information. That's a very Bashar phrase. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything to me. I guess I need to receive more information. And so, (laughs) right. So he said, this was, I thought, Rich, even your own Einstein said you cannot solve a problem from the level on which the problem was created. You have to go to the level where the solution exists. Close to a thing, Einstein said. So the guy says, I mean, that makes sense. And Bashar says, yes, I know. That's why I said it. So obnoxious. I'm making the jogging off motion. (laughs) (laughs) So the audience laughs, but come on. What a low form of humor. Yeah. Okay, now we get the question about predictions for next year. Yeah, okay. And all of a sudden, Bashar makes predictions. So... Ross, great news. The year of open contact. Yeah, open contact. So this seems to be a big, almost theological thing for him. It's sort of like a second coming of Christ. But this is when finally it will be acknowledged and unavoidable truth that we have contact with other civilizations of course everyone here at the conference they get it yeah but of course now it'll just become an accepted truth so yeah open contacts when's that coming carrie that starts in 2023 and it will be a new era that lasts 10 years and he says it's gonna start slowly at first but we'll see it in politics and every other walk of life That we're coming to the understanding that we're part of a larger family, a cosmic family. It's like the age of Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. It's finally happening. We've been on the the cusp for so long. (laughs) We're getting to the fifth dimension. We're doing the age of Aquarius. We're doing open contact. It is all happening now. Finally. Well, and as far as I can tell, what he was saying was identical to disclosure, which is this phrase that we hear all the time, like where... It becomes, again, an unassailable truth that we're in contact. Though he also... I think this is like also the aliens talk to us directly. Yeah. Come and visit or whatever. Yeah. And he also threw it open to, in addition to ETs, extra dimensional beings, Mm -hmm. spirits. So yeah, it's going to be big time. There's going to be published work on NDEs, shared death experiences, out of body travel, spirit communications. Yeah, this is going to be good for our show. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 2023 is going to be big for us. But going to have a good decade. If it doesn't happen, don't worry. Bashar's got a quick little out. If we don't want it enough, we will stay in this cruddy reality. Right. That's right. We're still in that choose your own adventure state. Mm -hmm. So probably you and I and all our boringness are not (laughs) going to receive this reality And all of them will wander off into the reality with aliens and will live on in the one without. Yeah, I wonder if starting 2023, I could go up to Bashar and be like, so I assume the real Bashar went on. Are you the fake Bashar who stayed in this reality? Right. I'm still talking to you. I thought this was like a really interesting point. Yeah, because he's sort of insinuating that you're going to magically find yourself in this reality with open contact with the aliens. And then some people that you might remember from your reality before will be gone. It's a rapture. So if you're listening to this and you end up in the universe with aliens, 
Yeah. Anybody listening to this, remember us. See if you can still find us in the <laughs> yeah, universe. Yeah, we want to up... know. We'll have you on the show. We should still be around. <laughs> Look us up. Yeah, find us. But yeah, it feels sort of like a rapture. Like all your friends will just be gone. Yep. But if they're not, I have to now be like, okay, so you stayed. Why? Because you're Bashar. Shouldn't you be gone? You've been left behind. Yeah, sad. All right. So then a new question asker asked Bashar if Bashar is in our universe. Oh, and had a really weird way of asking it. He said, are you inside or outside our cosmic egg? Oh, okay. And so Bashar is like, what do you mean by a cosmic egg? And so, so the guy clarifies that a little bit. And Bashar says, well, I'm in your universe, but I'm from a parallel reality universe that overlaps yours. Mm. I made a scout ship. I'm in my scout ship and I'm above the area called Sedona, Arizona. There you go. So then the question asker wants to clarify, well, are you above or below the firmament? Whoa, we know what that means. We know what that means. Yeah, you're a... He believes in the flat earth. (laughs) Yeah, he's a flat earther. And so Bashar says, well, what do you mean? Be specific. And clarifies, you know, we all have these terms and we define them differently. So you need to define this for me. So the, the question asker just pivots and says, well, are you in the spirit realm or in the physical realm? And Bashar says, we are both. We have feet in both worlds. Yes. And then the question asker says, that answers my question. And I was like, it does? It does? How? He's happy. The audience is happy. They clap for that. (laughs) Wow. So our next question asker, I think she must follow Bashar and get his little uh, pet peeves. Oh, yeah. Every now and then you get someone who like speaks the lingo. Yeah. So she's like, so why are we also obsessed with prophecy? You know? <laughs> yeah, she's here's a little setup for it. you. Yeah, she's Give saying you deny it all the way. Softball, t-ball. Yeah. And he gives like the most obvious answer you could possibly give. Well, you think you want to know what will happen. <laughs> yeah. You're wrong that you want to know it. Of it course, would actually not be useful to you. He but. takes a whole paragraph to say that. But yeah, yeah. He, he was kind of suggesting that we have the ability to know what happens, but we're afraid of that because we don't want to spoil it. Like, you know, you don't want to spoil mm. your Christmas mm-hmm. presents. Mm-hmm. All right. Fine. I was just think that's a weird flex to say that we have more information and we choose to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Like that we have perfect knowledge somehow. Oh, right, right, right. And that we just haven't accessed it. I remember the dowsing folks had this kind of belief that we have all answers within ourselves mm. and the dowsing just helps us access that. Oh, right, right, right. Feels like Bashar believes something similar. Our next question asker had a Scottish accent. So you'd think Bashar would bring out his, but didn't. Yeah, I have a note here that this time he said, and a good day to you. And, <laughs> and I have, Carrie laughs at this ejaculation. Because, <laughs> yeah, this just came out of his mouth as this kind of... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how he says a lot of things. So this person said, well, I work as a therapist. And first of all, thank <laughs> yeah. you for making my life so successful. You're my guru. Yeah. Ooh. I feel I haven't really lived. I have limiting core beliefs. And then also said that they tried pot. And they saw a core belief while they were trying pot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this person smiled real big and said, is that a sign? Oh, yeah. And Bashar said, well, what do you think? And the man said, well, I think it is a sign. 
And Bashar said, well, then you're right. Great. Great. Thanks. Cool. I'm so glad I paid $25. Jack off motions around the table here. (laughs) But yeah, physical reality isn't real. You can change your whole reality by changing your beliefs was basically the takeaway there. Yeah. I was watching Jimmy Church off to the side at this point, and I was so wondering what he's thinking. There's something about Jimmy Church that gives me the impression that he's maybe, I don't know, a little smarter. Yeah. That, you know, smart enough that. He has to see some of the pivots, the mm-hmm. evasions. Uh, you know, I feel like he's got to be a little more hip. So that's cool that you were yeah. watching him. What What was the sense that you got? I, I just wrote, I so wonder what he's thinking. And I, I could still kind of picture it. I, I wasn't getting anything from his face or anything. Okay. He, was, he has a good poker face. But yeah, just curious, like, does he really buy all of this? And... How is he synthesizing all these different people that he hears? And yeah, is he aware that Bashar has stated dates that have come and passed? This reminds me of when we were at that Bob Larson conference and Jerry Mugazi got up and just started saying these really outlandish things like revealing that you color in your brain and just watching Bob's face because Bob Larson is many things, but he's not an idiot, you know, like, and you could like. discomfort of like i invited this guy he's my keynote speaker (laughs) wait a minute it's just settling and now he does this and i'm asking about brain scans and now i realize he has you color in your brain with a crayon (laughs) sometimes it's just really fun to watch somebody's face when they're in this pickle (laughs) (laughs) he really was that's in our Bob Larson investigation. Um, yeah, I remember that moment because I had read Jerry's book and I saw it coming somehow. And I was like, Ross, Ross, get your phone, get your phone, get your phone. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have it on video. Oh, oh so good. Okay. <laughs> okay. So our next question is from someone who clearly has attended a Bashar thing before because their question is so specific. Mm -hmm. It is, it takes 15 minutes to rewire your brain, right? (laughs) Why am I stuck? Yeah, clearly a reference to something he'd said before. Um, So the answer is basically like, stop imagining that you're stuck, change your perspective about it. You feel like you're stuck and that's why you're stuck. Then he was critiquing the language again, you know, like don't Mm -hmm. use the word stuck. Yeah. Just find a different perspective. And if you like this, again, you're going to love the book Ross is about to read. Okay. Next came up a woman who felt like she was missing stuff from her memory. Yes. The last few years. And this is interesting. He interjected to ask if she'd had herself checked mm-hmm. and said, you know, and, and tried to put it down gently as, well, here's an option to just check yeah. in with a professional. Could be physiological. There could be other reasons, and that those might be positive, but it might be good to check. Yeah, maybe you're switching your reality, or maybe there's something going on. And, and then she says, oh, but I do have another question. And he says, oh, so you remember that? And it's like, that's... <laughs> yeah, ugh. okay. It's like he's so eager to make that little quick yeah. repartee that he forgets it's in bad taste. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So she asks, well, what about psychiatric medicines? Mm-hmm. And she clearly wants some advice about her own situation. And he says, well, I can't comment on that in your society. Yeah, we cannot discuss medical issues. It is yeah. not allowed. So- Which is so, I mean, Bashar looks out for Daryl Anka in such a beautiful way. <laughs> like, he knows that Daryl has to live by the laws of this 
yeah. realm. And that he better copyright Bashar's statements. Mm-hmm. Somehow he owns the utterances of this hybrid alien yeah. from another I think it's planet. really sweet. I think their relationship's really beautiful. From another third rock around another sun. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? What a beautiful thing. So yeah, he says, we cannot advise you or endorse or not endorse anything of that nature. It is not allowed. So, okay, great. So then the woman tries again. All right, well, I've been experiencing psychic vampires. Again, she gets shut down. (laughs) Nope, no, you aren't. There is no such thing. And she's, okay. (laughs) So, so interesting. So this is another one of those little inconsistencies that I perceived is that he tells everybody what is true for you is true for you. Yep. And so by- Unless it's negative in any way. Yeah, or unless he has a very strong opinion- in which mm. case he will assert his opinion over yours. Right. No, there are no psychic vampires. Well, right. it's, it's true for her. Yeah. <laughs> so he said what there is, is people who have a lower negative vibration. Mm. And the only way that you sense that is by lowering your vibration to match theirs. Don't do that. Don't lower yourself. Then you are the vampire to yourself. Ah. That that gets applause from the audience. Again, also very rich use of the deepity. Just sort of, I said something, now I'm going to reverse it. You are the vampire to yourself. Right. Whoa. Which is either deep or useless. (laughs) Right, yeah. yeah. True and mind-blowing. Yeah. Or obvious. Yes. that's the Yeah, that's the other option there. In this case, obvious. So Jimmy... Starts calling out some new names, but first he's going to ask a question that he's got. Mm -hmm. So he says, in in our reality, there's a lot of division. Yeah. So what do you observe about that? Yeah. Very open-ended. No, Jimmy. No, 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 no. Okay. Bashar is like, no, no, no. There's not division. There's separate realities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And don't try to get these realities back together and you won't see the division. Okay, but obviously we all see the division, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bashar just returns to his narrative about, well, choose the reality, and eventually I guess it will all get sorted out and there won't be any division, but that acknowledges the fact that there was division to begin with, so you you were caught in a logical loop, Mm -hmm. but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to note that when Jimmy said, oh, is it all right if we take a 60-second cosmic break? Mm -hmm. And Bashar said, well, you've already used up 10 of those seconds. (sighs) Bashar. Bashar. God. Obnoxious. So annoying. I really wish I could have gotten up there. Oh, to ask Bashar a question? Yes, because I have a question for him. Yes. It's, will you become a maximum member? Yes. Yes. That's the question on everyone's mind in this room. Exactly. Ross, I've been meaning to tell you this. Yeah. Our friend Chris Stedman, who's been on this show a couple times. Yeah. Yes, he's wonderful. He recently had a very successful podcast called Unread that I'm in and has gotten a bunch of traction. And he was interviewed about that and asked to name four of his favorite podcasts. And of the four, guess who made it on the list? I'm going to say Ono, Ross, and Carrie. That's right. (sighs) He said that we were provocative, educational, and entertaining. And he couldn't have made Unread without my perspective. I love provocative. Yeah. Yeah, we provoke. I hear that and I just picture us with like a stick poking something, <laughs> like a beehive or it's something. It's a little like that. Yeah. A little. Provocative. But not too much like that. We tap the bee. Yeah. And then we say, if you want to come out and talk, we will talk to you. But then, uh, depending on how you respond, if you like Scientology, uh, we might poke a little. You're right. You're yeah. right. Um, and then we might keep running around your hive in your own clothes. <laughs> 
episodes. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny. I have two new pieces of Scientology paraphernalia that I've kind of wanted to use around a Scientology center. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which I'm very excited to do. Oh, your clear bracelet. Yeah. Yeah. We both now own clear bracelets. For the same dead woman. And... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's the correct way to introduce that. Listener and former Scientologist Trevor Heasley gave me a volunteer jacket. Oh, nice. I have a bright yellow Scientology volunteer jacket. So if this show means something to you the way it means something to Chris Stedman, or if you are Chris Stedman, time to join. If the show means so much to you that you officiated Carrie's wedding like Chris Stedman <laughs> did. Yeah, if you were in my wedding... Yes. In any capacity. If you were one of the 37 people who were in that procession. Yeah. And you're I not am. a Max Fund member. What are you even doing? <laughs> I just got us like, probably like 20 new members. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope you're all listening. You're all current. But also, even if you weren't in my wedding, but this show means something to you. Yes. This is a great time to join. Yes, this is the perfect time. And it helps us make plans for the coming year. It helps us to buy tickets for all of these fun things that we do. Yeah, don't you want us on that Goop Cruise? Exactly. Your support makes this podcast exist. Yes, that's right. That's literally correct. When we started this show, I could not afford food regularly. I was food insecure, and we recorded this on the floor of my apartment with two USB mics that you had to pay for because I didn't have $40. (laughs) And thanks to this show, it's like a whole operation... We're on a table now. (laughs) (laughs) Eleven years on. (laughs) Well, I mean, where can we we, have a table? Where can we go from there? (laughs) I mean, yeah. Only back to the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Keep us at this table. We take on these big, huge investigations now. We've learned to do our jobs completely on the fly because of this show. I got a whole career out of this show. You already loved Disney, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Well, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And this is good because I can still... Whenever I go visit somebody who's draining my blood, I can tell them I work in animation and yeah. avoid the whole conversation you have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a journalist. Oh, I'm a journalist. I'm a, I'm a writer. What do you write? Nonfiction. What kind of nonfiction? Stop, Stop. it! <laughs> I'll ask the questions yeah. here. I'm the podcaster. Oh, no, I said it. Oh, my God. Anyway, please continue to put me in that awkward situation because yeah. I love it. We I love really, awkward really situations. Do. That's why we're here. Yeah. So... Do you want to wear a messenger bag? Yes. Yes. Are you asking me or in general? You know, I started out by asking the invisible listener, but then I was making eye contact with you and it became you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. I want a messenger bag. How do I do that? Well, if you become a member at $35 or more, you can get the very cool Max Fun messenger bag and you can put your new patch on yes. it. Your new Ono Ross and Gary patch. But if 35 is too much for you, no big deal. At 20, you get that creator pack or yeah. the cute baseball cap check these out at maximumfun.org slash join you can see pictures you can sign up right there 
And there are memberships all the way down at five bucks. If you got five bucks to throw our way, mm-hmm. and believe me, the majority of our memberships yes. are the $5 memberships. That's what keeps us here. Don't the, think that it's not good you enough. You are the it wind is. beneath our wings. Exactly. And you get all the bonus content. All that digital bonus content. Yeah, like you want to hear our recent Christian album slash episode where we talk about all of the songs that influenced us. Yeah. I was just recently watching, there's a documentary called Jesus Music. Oh, cool. And it's actually made by K-Love. Oh, neat. And it's actually, it's a pretty decent documentary. Like, they go back into the 70s, Larry Norman, Keith Green, who we talk about Mm -hmm. in our episode. And then they kind of bring us up through the Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith and mention Jars of Clay. We've had guitarist Stephen. Stephen Mason. Yeah, on our show, a DC talk and all of that. Anyways, it's a really cool history. And I thought, oh, I'm I'm so glad that we recorded this bonus episode that has kind of a similar feel. That's a good pairing. Yeah. And we recorded it on a table. (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. No floor for us Mm -hmm. anymore. So, as we've always said in unison, will you please join us as a member? And go to MaximumFun.org forward slash join to do it. So the next question asker asked about the best self-love practice. Okay. And Bashar said to follow your passion. And if you can't follow your passion, ask why. And that's it. That's the best self-love practice. Yeah, he takes a lot longer to say that. But yep, that's the gist. And then someone asked him about what sex life is like for spirits. Oh, yeah. That was a fun question that I did not expect a fun answer to. And I was not disappointed. It was a fun question you did not expect a fun answer to and you were not disappointed. <laughs> Correct. Okay, Bashar. Um, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> something about amplified vibrations? Yeah, so she wanted to know about sex in a non-physical body. And he said, well, it's obviously not exactly sex as you understand it. It's Mm. more like the overlapping and amplifying of vibrational frequencies. It's Mm. quite lovely. (laughs) Quite lovely. Oh, good. She was grateful for that reply. But then he goes from sex back to her first question about self-love. And he said, creation doesn't make mistakes. And this was interesting. And I could see how it could be a positive message to take away you know, so so I kind of liked it and kind of didn't, uh, as mm. I often found myself with Bashar. I kind of like this answer because I think it could inspire people to feel a purpose on Earth. But what he said was, creation doesn't make mistakes. If you exist, creation needs you to. By definition, non-existence doesn't exist. All right, another oh, deepity boy. that yeah bothers me. No. But he says, even if you go, you'll always come back as you, no matter what form you come back in. So stop questioning how worthy you are. The question doesn't even make sense. So I liked it from the perspective of, oh, I'm sure a lot of people would hear that and they would just feel like, okay, well, I was meant to be here, so I better find the best way to be here. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. I like that. Don't like a lot of the trappings. Sure. So the next person clearly had had interactions with Bashar and his teachings because she said, well, I'm a hybrid mom. Yeah, what a thing to claim. Yeah. But he didn't question it. He accepted that. Yeah, I think she must have been told that by him at some point, unless she means that she has a Prius and children. (laughs) <laughs> but she like, said, a, like a soccer mom but she drives a hybrid I'm <laughs> right. a hybrid mom exactly but she said when will the ETs come to mate with me yeah so I would assume if she's a hybrid mom she's already done the deed but I guess not yeah maybe they're on well okay so the ETs are in the future though so maybe she still has to breed to I mean, create but them? they're already here Bashar's here 
So well, he's over the earth it's in a, the future. Um, <laughs> so he he totally plays with this though, and he says like essentially that she's going to be part of this ongoing effort to create hybrid beings here that will aid and assist in the evolution of the earth becoming a sixth hybrid race or the sixth hybrid race so apparently there are others already out there in the universe Mm. and we're going to join the esteemed ranks okay and that's going to happen in the next 15 years yeah 10 to 15 years somewhere within the window of open contact so yeah hey okay this is going to be good podcasting Can't, can't wait for all the hybrid babies 2023 the year of open contact so the next question was from a doctor. Oh, yeah. He kind of expressed the fact that he wasn't sure how helpful he was being as a doctor. And Bashar turned this on him saying, oh, so what's the matter? Like, does serving others not serve you? Mm-hmm. So again, as he frequently does, sort of like turns a sort of scrutinizing eye back on the question asker. Right. And if the question asker has already made some bit of progress or new perspective, it's like, no, I'm going to suck that away from you. Right. And bring you back to square one. Whatever you came here with is wrong. I'm the higher intelligence. I'm going to give you some course correction. Even if, yeah, you spent 10 years absorbing my lectures and you feel like you've gotten a lot from it yeah. my job is to shut you down and show you that i understand everything way better than you do exactly gosh we see this so much and it's like so aggravating and rude um, <laughs> yeah yeah rude that's <laughs> yeah, the word we haven't said rude. yet it's rude yeah. bashar is rude maybe daryl as well if he's yeah, in there you in there <laughs> but so Bashar says, yeah, that serving others serves you. Don't quit. Fine. I guess he has decided this guy should be a doctor or something. He couldn't know, but I'm inclined to agree with. Who knows? It, it ends up in a happy place. The guy's happy. Yeah. He gets browbeaten into being happy. <laughs> so Jimmy makes a really good joke here. Much better than anything uh-huh. Bashar has made. He says, well, in this timeline, we have five minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So we get a few more questions. Earlier when we took the little break, Jimmy picked more people because Bashar had made yeah. fast work of a good line of people. And so more names were called and our hopes were again dashed. We didn't get picked. I wrote in my notebook that if I had been picked, I would have asked him, what is it that scientists do not understand? Mm-hmm. I would have loved to hear him riff on that. Okay, yeah. My question I had written down was his COVID theory. Does that have to do with humans killing off species of animals or individuals of animals? Oh, okay. I'm sure if I'd asked him, what is it the scientists do not understand? He would have started with, well, what you do not understand is... <laughs> Define a scientist. <laughs> yeah, right. You've got sign, you've got tist. <laughs> <laughs> Consider mankind. Mank and I. <laughs> Scientology is actually science and wisdom. The science of knowledge. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our next question asker asks, how do we wake other people up? So if we've kind of gotten to a waked up state, a waked up, a woken up, (laughs) if we're we're woke, how do we bring other people into the fold? And he says, well, give them the opportunity. Share this information. Be a living example. But it's up to them, not to you. Yeah. Again, this was good advice. 
Yeah. Kind of from a strange source and strangely presented. But yeah, it was this kind of idea of, well, you know, it's not up to you to change their minds. That's not your job. You're not going to do it. So all you Mm -hmm. can do is just present the best you can your version of reality. And maybe it'll have an influence years down the line, maybe right away, maybe not at all. Not up to you. Yeah, I think he actually said, like, it's not even really your business. Yeah, and I like that. Got huge applause. And then Jimmy had another couple questions. Yeah, so he asked, do people around you laugh? Is is comedy a thing where yeah, you are? Yeah, he kind of points out, like, well, you know, you've made us laugh tonight. Humans laugh. So wherever you are, do others around you laugh? Yeah. So Bashar says, well, yeah, we laugh at you, you all people. You know, not Jimmy specifically, but humans. you you humans, you know, you th- such huge spiritual creatures and you cram yourself into these tiny little bo- boxes. Yeah. yeah. We do not see how powerful we are. Oh, the audience loves that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're so powerful. Yes, compliment us and slap our faces at the same time. We love it. And Jimmy sticks with it. He says, well, what about, you know, your friends when you hang out with them? Do they laugh? And Bashar says, well, they laugh when they choose to laugh. Okay. (laughs) Great. Great. Good job. (laughs) Wonderful. So (laughs) Jimmy Church, very gracious host, I got to say. Yeah, yeah. I was really digging, but Jimmy Church and Alan Steinfeld, I really loved how they interacted with Bashar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Jimmy Church says, well, we love you. Do you have any parting words? And uh, Bashar lets us know it's very important for you to let yourself be yourself follow your passion. That's one Mm -hmm. of his big things. Be willing to explore your belief systems. I like this. And let go of the ones that don't make sense. Okay. Okay. Ross agreement. Yeah, yeah. Don't make sense is really different, though, from just negative, Mm -hmm. which is what you've been saying for the past, you know, 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Good point. So he says, we thank you, our unconditional love to all of you, and we wish you a good day. Good day. And then he shakes, kind of shudders, and coughs, and then his head jerks forward, and Daryl's back, baby. Daryl's back. Hey. Where did he go? What Did, did I miss anything? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the audience wildly applauded. Yep. All very excited. And Jimmy Church jokes like, I have an advantage over you, Daryl. I remember everything that just happened, and you don't. Oh, yeah. And Daryl thanks us all again, wishes us a wonderful, wonderful evening, and signs off of the call. It would be really funny and an interesting test to say to Daryl, like, oh, my God, while you were under, he said, like, some wild things. He told me to kill my husband. He said there would be nuclear war this year. (laughs) Yeah, and see if he's like, no, no. No, no, he didn't. He didn't say that. Yeah. Oh, how do you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's given himself a little bit of purchase on that by saying, oh, yeah, when someone mentions something, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that does sound familiar, so... But even still, if he was like, that doesn't sound familiar, that's, yeah. I'd still just be like, oh, no, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, anyway, Bashar, I feel like, come on the show. Yeah, I feel like he'd be ready for that. <laughs> it does make one wonder. Uh, I did reach out to Daryl and asked him yeah. to be on the show. Didn't hear back. But Daryl, if you're out there, I would love, love, love to have you. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to Bashar, whoever you got. Yeah, anybody. Paul Lenka, you listening? We'll talk to you. Even though he wasn't there with us in person, I feel like this is the closest interaction I've had with a channeler, Mm. which is fun. So I hope we get more opportunities. Yeah, me too. In this podcast. Yeah, me too. I love channelers. I think they're so interesting. Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, we talk often about cult leading and other activities that require 
chutzpah. And mm-hmm. I feel like this is a really high level of chutzpah. It can be, yeah. I really think it's one of those rooms you walk into and you really don't know how everybody got there. You're probably going to have some people who have a lot of chutzpah and some people who just have mm. really like high tendency towards association and don't okay. know what they do. Yeah, yeah. Just, it feels like a real choice. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Maybe there's some other uh, aspect that I don't understand of what would cause someone to do that. Yeah. But also, it's such a clear, you know, like I gave that talk on how to start your own cult, and it was emphasizing that these practices can often be a shortcut to recognition Mm -hmm. and influence Mm -hmm. on others. And I feel like channeling can get you there across that finish line so quickly. You know, I'm talking to this other amazing entity And then, you know, you source it. It's an Atlantean. It's from another galaxy or solar system. Instant credibility. Instant credibility. And for the, like, listeners, for your followers, all the bars for everything else get dropped. The Mm -hmm. bar for, like, what counts as beautiful wisdom dropped. The bar for... What counts as good stand-up comedy? Dropped. <laughs> yes. Public speaking. Dropped. Like all those other standards we'd use to judge your performance are right. way diminished. So now in the small pond of you know people who have connections to ancient spirits or extra dimensional beings, now suddenly you're the very funny compared yes. to all the rest. Right, right. Yeah, and you've got the captive audience. Yeah, what more could some people want? Yeah, whereas... Like his formulation of a joke is basically like a genie being like, well, your first wish was going to have some wishes. Yeah, right, right. A lot of tropes that he just worked over and over again. Yeah. And really old ones that we've heard from our uncles. You know, he's like, (laughs) he's your uncle Mm -hmm. with a rapt audience. I should mention also this whole time while he was Bashar, he had his eyes closed. And I feel like it was sort of the eyes closed where you might be sort of taking a little peek out of them. Mm. Like it just, you know, if you can imagine that, that sort Mm. of felt like it wasn't like a scrunched closed eye Mm. position. Mm -hmm. And then also he had his... Fingers sort of in prayer hands, but with the yes. thumbs touching. Mr. Burns' hands. Yes, excellent. Yeah, uh, yeah. It turned out a little. The fingertips touching each other, but with the thumbs on top. So you had this sort of shape pointing downward. And yeah. he would hold this, you know, roughly around his crotch or whatever. You know, he wasn't trying to draw attention to his crotch. I'm just saying sort of where he was placing it. Maybe a little Maybe a under little his higher. solar plexus. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that was for a long time. This was like an hour-long event. That's what we were watching. Yeah. If you or someone you love was ever a follower of Bashar, who's been out there for so long, please email us. Oh, boy. I hope we run into Bashar again. It was a new experience for me. Yeah, really enjoyed me too. That. And I did reach out to Daryl Anka, but I haven't heard back. Still haven't heard back So, Daryl, if you're listening, we really would love to have you on, genuinely. Yeah. First of all, though, Daryl, you should become a Maximum Fun member. That's right. Because this is the Max Fun Max Drive. Max Fun Drive. Still- and there are no Daryls on our list. And there's just days left. Now, okay, all right. So, Friday's the last day. There might be a little bit of amnesty over the weekend. But we'll see. now is the time to become a member. So, right as you're listening to us, the show's almost over. Go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Get us on that Goop Cruise. And we should also say a lot of times a bulk of the new members will come in this last little stream. Yeah. So don't be discouraged. Yeah, we can get a ton of new memberships, new upgrading, new boosting. Yep. All can happen right now. You can be part of that. Let's let's get this ground swell a going. Yeah. And go to MaximumFun.org forward slash join to do it. 
All right. Well, that's it for this show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. And remember... From Bashar's The Eye of the Needle in April 2020. And when do you see this, like, virus ending? As long as it has already been going on in your general awareness, about three and a half months of your time will be the amount of time on the other side of this particular point as well, before you will find yourselves going into a state where you feel that things are settling down somewhat. This doesn't mean that it may not reoccur, but the idea is that this passage is about half a year long, and you are in the middle of it. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.